0: balls you want to talk him good you're in the right place This will be the 13th episode of Carson Sack Podcast. So unlucky 13, sadly unlucky for the listeners, this episode is going to be a little bit shorter than most. I apologize, it's just, um, it's been a challenging week to say the least, Um, not a lot of energy right now, but I'm trying to, I'm going to try and give it to you, give this sack, um, an opportunity to be good, so like I said, if you want to talk balls, this is the place to do it on Carson Sack Podcast. As always, we're going to talk the usual balls. College football playoff came out Sunday, going to really look into that. NFL Sunday, always a good time, so just sit back, relax. Might throw in some other balls, maybe some college basketball, maybe some NBA. Not sure, kind of playing it by ear on this one, so just sit back, relax, and let's talk balls. First thing on our plate today, first thing we get to sink our teeth into, college football. And of course, going to talk about the college football playoff. Rankings are as followed. No surprise, Alabama 1, Clemson 2, Ohio State 3, and then Washington 4. Now, there could be a little bit of controversy, you could say. Penn State winning the Big Ten, but two losses to Michigan by 38 points, and then to Pittsburgh by three points. I do understand Pittsburgh is in the top 25 now, and Michigan is the sixth team. But ultimately, in the end, the committee is going to look at those two losses and keep the Nittany Lions out. And I'll be honest, in the past, the last two years, winning your conference championship has been valued so much more than this year has, which I just wish the committee was more consistent, more just if they mean something and they've met something in the past, they still should mean the same amount this year as they had in the past. Personally speaking, though, I have no problem with what the committee did, the rankings, uh, the seedings, where they're going to play, anything like that. Washington, are they really the fourth best team in the country? I feel like Washington, though, did enough to make the college football playoff definitely as the fourth seed, though. I think the teams ahead of them are not miles better than them, but I think maybe a couple yards, but... Washington beating the 8th ranked Colorado Buffaloes in the Pac-12 championship game by a very good amount. I think that really solidified and put their case and put a stamp on their case to make the college football playoff. And the committee apparently was watching and took that into heavy consideration. Washington, again, only one loss on the year to USC in a very hard-fought game. Then winning the Pac-12 championship, and there it is again. Put in a lot of stock into winning conference championships, so they made it in the fourth. So I like their positioning. Are they going to be able to keep up with the team that's been the best all year in Alabama? I think so. I think Jake Browning is so underrated. He's a freshman quarterback. Not a lot of people have been able to watch him. He was a Heisman dark horse in the middle of the year. His numbers kind of came down since then, but he's still a great quarterback. I'm worried that he's a freshman and Alabama's defense is really good. Nick Saban is going to have a lot of time to prepare for Washington's offense and Browning. Washington's defense, though, is super underrated. And then on the other side... Um, Jalen Hurts, a freshman, while he's handled more big games, I guess, because he's in the SEC so far. Uh, Chris Peterson, you can never count him out in big games, especially when it was at Boise State and they beat Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl. He's proven he can upset good teams and this could be the biggest upset so far of his career. And especially, I think he's going to pull out all the stops. Maybe a hook and ladder play. Maybe the Statue of Liberty play. Who knows? I can't wait to watch this game. I'm going to, I'm going to pick Washington. I just, I don't know. Why not? Washington's going to win. Why not? Now we shift gears and look at the next game where Ohio State, the third-ranked team in the country, is going to play. Clemson, the second-ranked team in the country. Personally, me being an Ohio State fan, I'm obviously going to pick them to win, but let me give you some reasons why. JT Barrett is a great quarterback. Curtis Samuel is such an underrated player, is able to make plays in the passing game and the running game. Mike Weber is a bruiser when he gets the ball from running back. Noah Brown is a great receiver on the end. They've been using the tight end ball a lot this year, which they haven't done a lot, and they've been talking about doing it in the past, but this year they've actually done it. That was the offensive side of the ball for the Bucks. Now we look at the defensive side for the, of the ball and probably the best secondary in the country the Buckeyes have. Malik Hooker, um, Conley, Webb, Lattimore, they're just ball hawks. I love how Malik Hooker plays the game. He's so aggressive, and he just comes up and makes big plays in the passing game consistently. Conley as well went from being... Very far down on the depth chart to starting last year to being one of the best corners in the nation. He's very underrated. I love watching them play. Next, we got to look at the D line and the linebackers. Jalen Holmes is a beast. Sam Hubbard is a beast. And then we got little Bosa, Nick Bosa, there, freshman contributing very well. Also on that D line, you got the Big Ten best lineman of the year voted by the media and coaches, Taquan Lewis. He's a Beast on the D line. It shows by the accomplishments he was given by the Big Ten Conference. Now, talk a little about their linebackers. Raquan McMillan is just everywhere on the field, always near the pile when there's a tackle. His motor never stops, gets after the quarterback well on blitzes, drops back into coverage very well. Very good linebacker. Okay, I definitely talked Ohio State up a lot. But also, Clemson is a great team. Deshaun Watson, he was a Heisman tender last year. A Heisman contender this year. Didn't put up as big of numbers. Um, they de- And last year, they were undefeated. This year, they lose to Pitt. Last second field goal. As I said, Deshaun Watson is the driving force for this team. If he's playing well, the rest of the offense and the defense plays well. They feed off of him. If he struggles... Other players sometimes aren't there to make the big plays, which is probably the only concerning part Clemson has because if Deshaun Watson's playing well, everyone else around him will, and their defense is super good. They held Lamar Jackson in check a little bit, in the second half he kind of lit him up, but JT Barrett, not as good as a runner as Lamar Jackson, but between the tackles, he's a great runner, will fight for extra yards. What I'm very excited to see is how Ohio State's running game is going to be able to go against Clemson's very good defense. I think if Ohio State can get on the edges like they did against Alabama in 2014 and then powered up the middle a couple times with JT Barrett, Mike Weber, Curtis Samuel, maybe, but I want him more on the outside. Dontre Willis as well on the outside. If they can do that, mix that pretty well, and then get the passing game going a little bit with intermediate and short routes, and then a couple deep balls to Noah Brown, I really think the Buckeyes have a great chance in this game. So, like I said, I'm going to take the Buckeyes. I'm not going to talk about the National Championship game just yet. I'd like to see who is in it before I give a very big breakdown of the game, but. If my predictions are right, Washington will be in there and Ohio State will be in there, but only time will tell. We talked about the college football playoff. Now I just want to give some updates on some other notable bowl games. First one, it's a hometown game. UK Wildcats finally go into a bowl in Mark Stoops' fourth year. They're going to the Tax Slayer Bowl, which was the Gator Bowl, so call it the Gator Bowl because that sounds way more important than the Tax Slayer Bowl against Georgia Tech if Stoops can get his defense to figure out the read option a little bit, I think UK wins this because I think Steven Johnson, Boom Williams, and the rest of that offense is going to be super explosive. Look for Boom Williams and Benny Snell to have a big game to get the Wildcats to eight wins in Stoops' fourth year and a bull win. Next game to look at, which I'm very intrigued by, is the Alamo Bull. Oklahoma State, with a very high-powered offense and 12th in the country, is going to play Colorado, who is coming off a devastating defeat in the Pac-12 game. If Colorado can rebound and get some confidence about them, I think they got a good chance to win this game. But in the end, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State and that high-powered offense. Another very interesting game in the Sun Bowl, 18th-ranked Stanford, who had some trouble at the beginning of the season, is going to play North Carolina. I think Christian McCaffrey has a big game to seal his college career, and then he goes off to the pros and continues to have a good career. Stanford in this one Another big game Another hometown game You got Louisville versus LSU Louisville 13th in the country LSU 20th in the country In the Buffalo Wild Wings Citrus Bowl I hope both teams get unlimited wings For that next year If not lifetime I think the winning team should get unlimited wings for a lifetime But that's just me I'm going to go LSU I think Leonard Fournette has a real big game In his last game in the the NCAA He did declare he's going to go to the NFL draft After this year Ed Orgeron is going to have a good offensive game plan. going to have a good defensive game plan. Lamar Jackson is going to be coming off a Heisman win. That's obvious. And I think Louisville is going to end the season on a three-game losing streak. And if you're a Cards fan, do you classify this season as a good season? I mean, where you were at, you thought you were going to go to the college football playoff. You end up losing your last three games. I understand Lamar Jackson wins the Heisman, but team-wise... If you lose the last three games, you're going to leave a sour taste in the team's mouth and the fans' mouth. So it's a must win, I feel like, for U of L just to call this season a good season. But I don't see it happening. I think the Bayou Bengals are going to get it done. Next, in the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl, Penn State, fifth in the country, is going to play USC, ninth in the country. Penn State's going to win this game very easily. But a big name to look for in that game is Dory Jackson. I tracked his career from high school because I saw him in some weird recruiting magazine. He can play so many different positions. He's so versatile. He's so fun to watch. I can't wait to watch him probably tear up Penn State's defense and their kick return team. and the just. He's going to go off probably, but in the end, Penn State's going to make one or two more big plays, and the Nittany Lions are going to close a great season with a Rose Bowl win. Last game, I can't even believe I'm talking about these guys, but Michigan, six in the country, is going to play Florida State in the Orange Bowl. I bet Michigan wins. I bet they do. I think Harbaugh is going to have their players playing pissed off. I think Florida State, a couple of their players like Dalvin Cook, may be looking a little bit too much to the next level for the NFL. I do want Florida State to win, I'll be honest, but at the end of the day, I think Michigan's defense shuts down Dalvin Cook and shuts down their quarterback Francois, and Florida State's defense, if Spates, the quarterback for Michigan, gets time to be healthy, Harbaugh will drop some plays, and Florida State's defense won't be able to stop him in that p- offense. Well, that's that for college football on this week of the sack. So now, of course, we move to the NFL. So for the NFL, I really just want to talk about three games right off the bat and kind of break them down. The first one, the Giants at the Steelers. Steelers win in a much-needed game keep pace in the AFC playoff picture. Giants, I think, are still riding in the thick of things in the NFC, so... Big Ben had a good day, as always. Antonio Brown had great day. He made an incredible catch. And then Le'Veon Bell is so versatile. 118 yards on the ground. I'm not sure how many he had through the air, but he's just such a versatile guy. And it's finally nice to see Ladarius Green show up. He had concussions, whatever, at the beginning of the year. They put him on IR. He comes back and has a big game in a big game, six receptions, 110 yards on touchdown. If he's going, that's just another weapon for Big Ben in that offense. I think, I'd like to think Pittsburgh's going to win the AFC North. I think down the line, they're going to beat the Bengals December 18th, and then I think they have one more game against the Ravens. I think if they win that, they're in a real good position to win the North. If not, they're still in a good position for a wild card. Definitely the playoffs will be harder if you're a wild card, but nobody really wants to see them because of that high-powered offense in the playoffs, and their defense is playing – a lot better than Ben don't break right now I would say they're kind of flex but don't break if that makes any sense it's just getting better each week it feels like they're getting healthier Shazier is back he's been dealing with some injuries uh Artie Burns is playing really well at corner so I like what they're doing right now as the Steelers the Giants though as I said still in the thick of things for the NFC they just couldn't get anything going this game Odell Beckham and Eli couldn't get on the same page the story always for the Giants no running game the most they had was 38 yards with Paul Perkins it's just not working all right the next game I want to look at the Chiefs against the Falcons I'll be right now I'll be honest right now if I were to pick a new favorite team today it'd be the Chiefs I love what they do on offense just nickel and dime dinks right down the field Uh, I like Alex Smith as a quarterback I like Travis Kelsey in the receiving game I love their defense with Justin Houston Tamba Ali and of course Eric Berry Eric Berry I know he had cancer in the past couple seasons, took some time. I think he took two years to recover and regroup. He played in Atlanta. I understand so many people have already talked about this, but it's such an incredible story. He had a pick six in the game, and then he had a pick six, well, not a pick six, a pick two on a two-point conversion that ultimately won the Chiefs the game. I can't speak highly enough about him as a person and a player to have the determination and the fortitude to come back after such a devastating sickness and illness. It's great to see. On the other end, the Falcons are kind of sputtering. They kind of they had a good lead in the NFC South, but now they're kind of susceptible. Granted, everyone else in that division right now is kind of bad, with the exception of the Buccaneers. They're coming on hot. I think the Buccaneers and the Falcons are tied right now. I like the Buccaneers a lot more than I like the Falcons in that division because Jameis Winston and Mike Evans and Doug Martin are such a lethal combination. Their defense isn't that great, but I think that team could put up a lot of points, and I think the Falcons could put up a lot of points. I hope the Buccaneers and the Falcons have a game down the line. I'm not sure if they do, but that would be such a good game to watch because it's going to have implications on the playoff. It's going to have such high stakes. All right, the last game I'm going to look at, talk about. You had the Bills going to the Raiders. The Raiders fell behind a good amount in this game, and then Derek Carr and Amari Cooper bring them back. It always seems to be the case. They're making big plays, winning big games. They're 10-2, and I believe. They're sitting pretty in the AFC West, especially in the AFC itself. I think they can clinch a playoff spot this week with a couple losses and a win by them. like the Raiders, what they're doing. Bills, on the other hand, I think they have enough talent where they should be better than what they are. I don't know why they're not as good as they should be. I'm not going to put it on Rex Ryan. He gets players motivated. I think it's not his fault. I don't know whose fault it is, but I wish the Bills could figure it out because they're a better team than what they've shown with the record, what they've shown on the field this year. Oh shit, you know what that sound means. I know what that sound means. It's the rapid fire recap for the NFL this weekend. First game, boom, Cowboys went to the Vikings and it felt like this game was a battle of the deadliest warriors like it was on Spike. Cowboys win this game 17-15 and send the Vikings back on their ships to the homeland. Next game, boom, the Lions beat the Saints 28-13, led by Jim Caldwell as head coach. Boy, did Jim call the game well. Next game, boom, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the New England Patriots because they beat the Rams 26-10. Uh, thank God Jeff Fisher likes to golf in the offseason because that's all he's going to be doing because they're out of the playoffs and that's some 8-7 bullshit. Next game, boom, the Houston Texans go to Lambeau Field and play the Packers. Packers lamb the Texans 21-13. Next game, boom. 49ers and the Colin Kaepernick's Colin Kaepernick should have just stayed on the bench once he was sitting down for the National Anthem because that's how poorly he played Bears surprisingly beat the 49ers 26-6 next game boom Buccaneers at the Chargers and the Chargers must have not paid their electric bill this month because the Bolts couldn't get anything going 28-21 Buccaneers next game boom Justin Timberlake once said, I be on my suit and tie shit, tie shit. But Cam Newton apparently has never heard that song. Out the first play, should have been out the whole game. Seahawks win 40-7. to Oh shit, Carson. That was a great rapid fire recap of the NFL this past week. Hey, thank you listeners. Also, if you have any ideas for what I should say about teams, let me know. I'm always down to talk to my listeners. Throw some ideas onto whiteboards. Let's brainstorm together. You, the listeners, me, the host, let's do it, guys. Now we move to college basketball. There's It's way too early in the college basketball season to be putting any stock in the rankings right now. Tonight, though, 21st-ranked Florida goes. I don't know if they go to Duke. I know they play Duke, though. I expect Duke to win this very easily. Purdue, I don't know if, again, they go to Arizona State because both games are in the Jimmy V Classic. I like Purdue a lot in this one. And pretty much um, this week, those are the two big games on Tuesday night. Looking towards this weekend, though, really only one big game, Villanova playing Notre Dame. That's number one Villanova against the 23rd ranked Notre Dame. I'm going to take Villanova. I expect it to be a real tough game. Notre Dame is always a tough team to play. They can always shoot the three well, always have a big, gritty guy with a weird freaking last name that just rebounds and plays well. And somehow can shoot threes so like I said close game but Villanova in the end so that's that moving on I know in past weeks I've said I'm going to talk NBA again this is such a long season and some people say the season doesn't really start until Christmas Day because that's when all the good matches start and you kind of can look towards the playoffs a little bit more but right now the star of the NBA. You can talk about the Warriors. You can talk about Klay Thompson and his 60 points last night. Go ahead. That's all good and well. The Warriors, probably the best team in the NBA, but what Russell Westbrook is doing is unprecedented. He's the only guy with six triple-doubles in a row. It is ridiculous how well the Brody is playing. Russell Westbrook dresses crazy, and he plays crazy on the court. Plays crazy well. I can't Just talk about how exciting he is to watch, how his loyalty to Oklahoma City is so you got to commend that. It's such a nice thing that a superstar—yeah, Russell Westbrook is a superstar. I'll say it right now, to stay in not the best market with Oklahoma City and when your second— your running mate not your second best player your running mate Kevin Durant leaves to go to the Warriors and you're there and you understand you're in the same conference you're probably gonna have to go through them or face them in the playoffs to get to the finals you stay there and you try and have people built to bring to have people brought in to build around you because you're the superstar that's just so you don't see that a lot these days and it's just refreshing to see Next thing in the NBA, people are freaking out about the Cavaliers losing three games in a row. Don't even worry about it. What you need to worry about, J.R. Smith left last night's game with, I'm not sure what type of injury, but it didn't appear to be super serious. I think they can rest him for maybe three to four weeks, maybe take a month off if he really needs to. It's not that big of a deal. You look at it, LeBron James is going to take some time off. Kyrie might take some time off. Kevin Love probably won't, and Kevin Love is scoring Five more points a game this year than he did last year. He's playing great basketball. I hope he continue that to the playoffs because if he can, the Cavaliers are going to be able to match up well with anybody, especially the Warriors because the, Kevin Love is going to be able to pick apart um, anybody that the Warriors throw at him down low. Cavaliers just beat the Raptors, who is probably the second-best team in the Eastern Conference, and everybody is saying that, That'll probably be the Eastern Conference Finals, and that win the other night is a big win for the Cavaliers because they lost the three games in a row, but Cavaliers, I believe, have won seven of the last nine games against the Raptors, so kind of mental thing as well for the Raptors that they probably needed to win that game just for a little confidence to say, okay, yeah, we can beat these guys, and The last thing I want to talk about for the NBA, and then we're going to wrap up this podcast episode, James Harden and Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni taking a leap of faith, putting James Harden at the point guard. He has played so well. His assists are up, his steals are up, his rebounds are up, his points are up and he runs it so runs the offense so well. He's a great scorer and people really didn't know how good of a passer he was, but he's a great passer. I love what he's doing. I think if I had to vote for an MVP right now, I put Russell Westbrook, James Harden and then LeBron James. I can't put any of the Warriors on there because all of them cancel each other out with the opportunities and the shots and all that that they take away from each other. But I can't wait to see how the MVP race plays out and how the NBA season plays out uh, starting on Christmas Day. Like I said, listeners, I was going to try and keep this episode short. I think it is shorter than what I normally do. Um, I went straight to the point with what I was talking about. I covered a lot of things, a lot of things I wanted to talk about. Again, like I said, a little bit of a hard, difficult week for myself, but doing this podcast for the listeners and anybody that sees it or anything is a great escape for me. Um, No matter how happy or sad I am, I can always count on this podcast to just take my mind off things for an hour, however long it takes me to record it, I do this for the listeners, whether I'm sad or not, Um, I understand, maybe not a ton of people are listening to this, but the people that do, I want to give them a good show every week, consistently on Wednesdays. Um, even though I do take some weeks off. I apologize about that. But I can't begin to thank my listeners for listening and the support they give me. I know I sh- end every show like this, but it's important to me to let my listeners know that I care about them. I want to make this show good for them, and I hope they do enjoy it. So like I said, this is the 13th episode for Carson Sack Podcast, where we talk balls. I hope you enjoyed it, and as always, we will be seeing you.